about to start so pop those headphones in and let Sophia style radio to keep you company. Hello and welcome to the Wise Woman Show. I am your host Sally Ann Saint and I am dedicated to reminding women of their sacred selves. To get in touch with me, go to www.wisewomanguide.co.uk. So let's walk together in each episode. Be inspired as you hear from the wise women I bring to you. Let the magic of your sovereignty unfold inside of you. Each word you hear and each woman who comes on reminds you of your grace, your wholeness and your divine right and role on this earth. You are the wise woman. You truly are. So take a walk with me and the guests I bring to you and let the magic unfold. Many blessings. Enjoy non-stop music from original female artists only on Sophia Style Radio. Find out more on all the W's, sophiaandi.co.uk, search under our playlists and artists. As the passer passes by, as they walk beside my side, nod my head and see, hey now, hey now, smile will go from ear to ear, as I greet you with full cheer, my heart is always seeing, hey now, hey now, amount of energy you took, just to take a little look, bringing a little joy from a hey now, hey now, just imagine every day, little sprinkle on the way, smile at the people and say, hey now, hey now, smile at the people and say,
Dear listeners of Wise Woman Radio, today I've got two amazing women coming your way, Rachel Barnes and Zinaida Gargina. Now, they're both going to bring to you the wisdom that has come from walking their own path, their own unique paths. And so as you listen to them both today, be inspired, understand that walking in your own life and walking in your own shoes is the greatest medicine you can give yourself because both ladies have had and do have dynamics in their lives that make their lives unique and yet in walking their path they've been encouraged to see their uniqueness, to speak, to be there for their family, to find a way for their family, for their family. So as you walk with them both, may encourage you to find your own way for you and your family. Many blessings and we will be back. Hello, dear listeners. Welcome back. And we have got a very special lady with us, Rachel Barnes. Rachel, please, will you introduce yourself to the Wise Women Show listeners? Hi, I'm Rachel Barnes and I'm a confidence coach from Newport in South Wales. And I work mainly with children and adults. I was a primary school teacher for 25 years. And I left basically because I've got a child with autism who needed me. And I've also got a very lively 12-year-old son as well. What a mix, Rachel. What a mix. The The confidence coach, especially with the young, why did you choose that work? Um, I'd always suffered from confidence issues from as long as I could remember even when I was three years old if I would get up and do a little song and dance in front of my grandparents I was always concerned about what people thought of me always and I was always that kid my mum dropped me off at nursery I'd be clinging to a leg didn't want to be let go and I think I've always picked up on people's body language and I know when somebody doesn't like me so I knew if a teacher didn't like me and it would just make me retreat into my shell. And I think I wasted so many years holding myself back. So it's really important to me that children develop confidence from an early age and know how to stay confident as well, because you get you get so many things knocking your confidence. I think you know need to know how to deal with it and how to bounce back. I think that's an important thing. Absolutely. And it gives you your passion and, and understanding for teens. Is it teens then? What's the age you start from with? Them? Um, I tend to get children about, from about the age of nine. The children who are about to um, go into secondary school, that sort of age. Teens tend to switch off a little bit. They're not so keen on talking. They need a lot of persuasion to talk. But I find the sort of eight, the nine, 10, 11 year olds, they're the children who are most keen to talk about how they're feeling. So that's the age group I work with mainly. When you work with children that young then, are you almost in a way working with the family as well as the child when they're that young? Yeah, it's very relaxed how it works. I always say to the mum, you're very welcome to stay. 
and they normally it goes from what the child wants the child is up to the child completely sometimes the parent stays for the first half an hour and then if we're at home they can either go and sit in my kitchen if we're on a zoom call they tend to like busy themselves doing something else while their child's talking to me so they're they're always around but they go on what the child says it's entirely up to the child how they want to play it and what makes them comfortable can I ask you then at that age are they able to really shift then because they're at that eight nine year old age you're talking about confidence but if you're able to give them the tools at that age does it mean that they can really bounce back far quicker I think so because I think we, we were taught how to do it with maths we taught the strategies that we need to work out something when we've got an issue like for example a lot of things that come up is where other children have left them out of something and they don't know how to deal with it. So we, we look at why that child might be acting the way they are. You know, that it's not all about them. It could be something about the other child. So it makes them see things differently. They're not sort of thinking, it's all me. You know, there are other things that are going on in the world. You know, so it makes them see things in a different way. I think it's... Um absolutely key what you're doing because um i was bullied as a child so i completely get how it um almost separates you from your truth because you feel like you're unlovable you're unloved you're it separates you from like the goodness inside because you feel that you're no longer you can't associate that when you've got all this harshness around you regarding schools then is it would it be something that you could possibly do in schools as well because you're talking about it's almost like this could be a key tool and part of the the foundation that schools offer in learning is that something that would possibly be open to you at some stage yeah it's something yeah that I am interested in obviously I worked in schools for 25 years so it's something I've slightly moved away from because you you get more control I think when you do it yourself and I get to work one-to-one with children when I do it for myself but yeah I would absolutely love to go into schools as well and see if I could either train the teachers or help work with a group of children just to get them to you know think about things differently. So listeners if any of you have got a contact or connection regarding this then this would be a wonderful thing to open the door to. I know there's a lot of independent schools as well as um, there's so many options. So if you've got somebody that you think could open the door for Rachel with this, because it's very much needed, especially now, then their world has changed. And so how they're feeling about themselves, how do they feel? This opportunity with Rachel could really boost and you're talking about zoom as well so that's very doable no matter what's going on in somebody's is it doesn't it doesn't stop anyone reaching out to you so yes if you know somebody in education and you know somebody that would be interested then please do contact rachel the second part i would love go into with you is you talked about autism and you talked about your son would you like to share with us this journey yeah yeah so Adam was born um there didn't seem to be any sort of problems in fact he was very forward for his age he he wanted to do everything early he crawled early he walked early um his vocabulary was really impressive he taught non-stop and I was thinking this is a bit odd he's like because I was a nursery teacher at the time this you know my child's really gifted and that that did worry me slightly how gifted he was And then around about the age of three, I just had my second child, Jack, 
Adam was starting nursery and I noticed there were different things. When I took him to look around nursery, he was going around investigating the fire escapes and he'd go back and forth to a door to see if it opened. And he wasn't taking any notice in the children anymore, which he'd had done previously. And over the next few months, he basically stopped talking. And because I just had a new baby and I wasn't getting any sleep, I think it took me a while to notice. So, for example, if he wanted a yogurt from the fridge, he wouldn't ask for it anymore. He would just go and get it. And it got to the point when I was thinking, he's not talking anymore. And I remember saying to the teacher, not thinking for one minute that it was autism, I said, I said to her, do you think Adam could be autistic? And she went really quiet. And I, <laughs> the horror in my, I was thinking, how can this be happening? There were, there were no signs. He was signed off ready for school, no concerns, you know? And then all of a sudden, over these months, he turned into a virtual zombie. He had no interest in any toys. Um, when we were out and about, he didn't notice anything. And even when I picked him up from school, he wouldn't recognize me until I was right up next to him. You know, there was no recognition. I went to the doctors and he basically said, oh, you mums just want perfect children. There's nothing wrong with him, just go away. And um, I remember sitting there crying and you would expect if um, your mum's crying, a child would get really upset at this. And Adam just sat hysterically laughing. And it was at that moment the doctor was like, oh, perhaps there is something, perhaps we need to investigate further. But we, we did see a paediatrician and all they were concerned with doing was diagnosing him with autism. And I was like, but children don't just disappear. They don't just disappear into themselves. Autism becomes um, more obvious when a child's three, but it's not a completely different personality at three. No, so yeah, I've been fighting now. Adam's nearly 16. To find out what actually happened to Adam. I mean, there's no doubt in my mind that he's got autism, but I'm pretty much in some kind of brain damage as well along the way, because I don't believe you use your, you lose your language skills that easily. He's still, he's probably got the language skills of about 18 months to two at the moment, and he's nearly 16. Gone from a very advanced, you know, toddler to still struggling to like get the skills back. So yeah, and I'm still not completely convinced that it's just autism and that there, has, there is some sort of brain damage that has gone on. Because of your speaking up, has any of the medical profession looked into what you're saying? Because a mother knows you're talking with conviction, but also you're talking with knowledge and understanding because you've looked, you've researched this, you've looked into this. So has anybody? Not on, not from the NHS. No, I've been talked down to um, from um, various paediatricians. Um, we have seen a private neurologist at the Portland and she has advised that they carry out an MRI scan on Adam and various blood tests. We've been on a waiting list now for two years for that MRI scan because Adam would need it under general anaesthetic because he is so anxious. So yeah, there's, there's no rush for anyone to investigate. I mean, if he was an adult and you suddenly lost your language skills, they'd be doing every test going to yeah. find out. But as the paediatrician said to me, Oh, well, it's just autism, you know, why are you going down this route? And I just feel like there's so many questions unanswered. And I'm not the only parent 
to have this experience. There's a lot of parents out there who have experienced exactly the same. The sadness, like we all need the medical profession because this is part of, you know, we go to them when something's wrong, we go to them. But also it's just a concern of a label, isn't it? When a label gets put on someone, then it's the willingness to step beyond that label evaporates almost because they've got the label that will suit the what he needs and they're not you know not to look further but you as a mother and for you to find out there are more like this because when something happens to you you feel like you're the only one but the reality is when you speak up you find there's so much more I can only imagine how you felt because how my heart went out to you when you were talking about this three-year-old that was so uh, advanced and then child doctor who laugh when you're crying you know it's it's the the flip around was so quick for you how have you come to terms to it or with it or is it something that's still walking with you um I think recently I've started to cope with it thinking I'm not doing Adam any good for the future if I'm still living in the past and I'm still quite angry about how we were treated and things so I, I've come to think now I need to I need to throw all my efforts into planning for the future because Adam is such a happy laid-back teenager we're so lucky that he is so gentle you know and so kind there's there's nothing bad about his personality at all you know so I need to now focus on the future because he'll be leaving school in two years time and there's very little of what's available out there for him so I need to concentrate on that really you talk about because he's he's not able to, he's not speaking now at all is that what the daily life with him there's no he talks his, his language skills are probably about the age of 18 months so he'll say things like um going for a walk or school tomorrow they're not complete sentences but he can just about make his needs known you know he can ask for food he couldn't tell if he was ill he couldn't tell me that he had a stomach ache or a headache or a sore throat which is always a worry very basic his communication with us so for you as mum then you have to sense them if he's not able to tell you if something's wrong you have to be totally in that zone that you're able to feel what he needs yeah and a lot of things he mentions from when he was three years old so you need to know what he's talking about because he gets quite frustrated. Like these things he did at three, like, you know, he'd hidden something from his nan and he'll laugh about it. But I need to know what he's talking about, you know, to be able to understand. So that's very difficult, sort of passing him on to somebody else to care for him because they won't know what he's talking about. No, and because I then because of his age, then he looks older. So someone would be conversing with him on that level. But then he's got the eighteen-month-old processing ability, so he's not able to take in what they're saying, how they're addressing yeah, him. Exactly. And like yesterday, my husband taking him for a walk, and he's got OCD, so he has to tap all the lampposts on the way down, and he tapped um, the zebra crossing. So a car had stopped thinking he was going to cross the road. So the car had like beeped its horn really angrily. And Adam's like, you know, scared to death because he's like, what yeah. have I done? Yeah. You know, so yeah, he's very vulnerable. How is he then? Is he, because we talk about the 18 months old child then, if you're going back to that, there's a lot of like overwhelm on things because they're trying to understand things. Does it mean that he's, that's his world then, that he gets easily overwhelmed? Or is it that he's more 
level stable is there consistency to him or is it just that you're dealing with that 18 month old brain all the time then um he's very in, innocent and very vulnerable like an 18 month old in yeah. some way tends to be older um like he's a typical teenager he'll go and lie on his bed in the middle of the afternoon and he's not very keen on getting up in the mornings but in terms of like out and about I couldn't even let him go to the toilet by himself because he would be too vulnerable would he be able to ask for help if he got lost I'm not so sure sure that he would we've taught him his address but if somebody didn't ask him the right question like where do you live specifically he might not be able to say if somebody didn't know what to ask him it would be difficult does he also need a strong structure at home then because if he's got OCD as well does he need everything in its place is that how it needs to be or um he tends to be more relaxed if he trusts the people that he's with so at home he's not so bad in school he's not so bad because he's been lucky enough to have the same one-to-one since he was in year one and she's gone with so she's like a mother figure to him so but if I left him somewhere else he would struggle I think with that routine he does have a timetable on his iPad showing him which activities are next and he will let you change them he will have that flexibility if he trusts you and if he knows why you're changing it you're a remarkable you are a remarkable woman um it's one of those things that you don't really know what it's like unless you're walking it, unless you're walking the path and you're opening up a world to us, the listeners, that unless we're actually in it, we've got no idea. There's one thing I'd like to ask you. If someone has recently been put in this position, what would your words of wisdom be to them? What would you offer? Reach out to other autism parents. I've got a page, um, Adam's Adventures Through Autism, Every autism parent is more than welcome to message me and ask for advice because I felt it was such a lonely experience and I discovered the best support is from other parents. And I think initially I asked a question on NetMums and somebody contacted me and we got chatting. And because of that, I met other autism mums in other groups and that, that's been the best thing for Adam I mean Adam had really bad stomach problems and I was led to a homeopath because of another parent you know which I wouldn't have known about or even considered so yeah other parents are brilliant support so ladies if there's anyone here this resonates with you know what to do there's one question I'd like to ask you the when your son touched the zebra crossing and the driver uh, had the response he did would you consider at some stage writing a book for all those people who don't have to walk the path, but actually just to raise awareness to the fact that there are young people out there who need to be understood more? Would that be something? Yeah, absolutely. And I, I think the main thing I like to get across is it's so very Autism is so varied and people assume that they know what's best for Adam. Like he loves discos. He loves all the noise. He loves London he loves the underground and lots of you know young adults with autism would hate that kind of environment so everyone is like just like we're all completely different you know children and young adults with autism are completely different and got completely different needs as well absolutely um I worked many years ago for six months in a residential school for children with learning difficulties and challenging behavior and what I understood when I when I started working with there that yes there were 
children that you could visibly see there was there were characteristics or there was something that you knew that there was something that they were dealing with there were also ones that you had no idea at all and it's for those ones that look 100% healthy then or you know um, that you it's almost like you want the understanding for them because they are dealing with something that's invisible and yet it alters the their it's altered their world how they perceive it and it's almost it's the responsibility on is on us to learn because these children are going out into the world in whatever form and wherever your son goes he'll be going out in the world and I know you'll do your very best for him but if we can spread some compassion and understanding to those who do not have to walk the path it actually helps when they do go out into the world. Yeah. And what I would like to say is that Adams Primary School were fantastic at building, because he went to a mainstream primary school, at building that support network around him. And other children have been, you know, fantastic with him. And that's why we fought so hard for him to go to a mainstream secondary school, you know, because because they are all, they, even when he doesn't reply to them, they go out of their way to acknowledge him and look out for him. It's not children and teenagers who tend to, you know, that don't know how to act with him. It tends to be older people who are struggling and they've had no experience. So I don't blame them for that. You know, it's what you know, isn't it? Absolutely. And it's about encouraging education. You, that that just filled my heart when you said that you, you know, your son in a mainstream school, teachers fantastic, children fantastic. The fact that the children, that he is in a mainstream school means those children have got inside them the capacity to respect and honour the individuality of someone. So isn't that the most wonderful gift that by you honouring this path and allowing this path, you've actually opened up the door of understanding to an awful lot of youngsters. Yeah, and I, we, we had to battle against an educational psychologist for this because she was dead against it. She was like, why are you sending Adam to a mainstream school? He is going to be bullied. You know, so I had to fight against that. And as a mem, you're thinking, oh, you know, my son's going to be bullied. I'm going to put him through that. You know, it's very supportive. It's very nurturing. I think we underestimate teenagers a lot. We do. And and all you've spoken about, everything, your insight, that instinct inside you. So you were fighting for your child to go there. It was the right, it was the right thing to do. So it's almost like for all mums and to trust their instincts. Because if you listen to Rachel's story, she's listened to herself all the way through. Because you're at this stage now with Adam, you've got this experience in between that you can actually show parents, I've listened to my instincts and this is what's happened listen to your truth and what you know is right for your child because Rachel's living proof that when you do that you're in alignment with your son and that things will work out you listen to the truth and not to others because the the person you were talking about who was doing the assessing they're coming from their experience and but people's experience is limited because they shut the door on their job or whatever it's just we are sometimes we're limited by our knowledge and we need to remember that and trust what's inside my one my one bit of advice is if you're a parent in this situation go around and visit all the schools on offer and look to see how the children are rather than how the teachers are look at how the children are reacting are they allowed to have a conversation with you are they happy to show you what they're doing and that's the biggest way of getting a feel of the school wise words rachel wise words Um, Thank you so much for being a guest on the show. 
if um, if people would like to connect with you, how do they do that, Rachel? How do they do it? Okay, so I've got a website. It's www.rachelbarnes.co.uk. And I also have a Facebook page, which is Rachel Barnes Building Confidence and Self-Worth. Absolutely fantastic. And thank you so much for giving me your time. So listeners, there will be a short break and then we'll be back. And so this is our time with Rachel listen and also re-listen because this stays on the radio station for a while she's giving you an awful lot of understanding wisdom and guidance so drink it in and any blessings and thank you so much rachel for giving us your time i am your host sally ann saint and i am dedicated to reminding women of their sacred selves to get in touch with me, go to www.wisewomanguide.co.uk. Original female artists only on Sophia Style Radio.
Hello, dear listeners, and uh, thank you for coming back after that short break. I just wanted to share with you my thoughts about Rachel, Rachel Barnes, and the story and the truth that she's brought to us all. That mum love, when she was talking about the really advanced child that she had for a couple of years, and then the child that just stopped speaking. Um, my heart felt it, that transition from the perceived world of a perfect family, perfect life, and then you're thrown into something else, and also the the reality of having to fight to be heard. She is remarkable. She reminds us all to honour the life that we have, to honour the family that you have. I was talking to her afterwards, after I'd finished recording, and she was saying that, you know, how thankful she feels for everything that she's got. She's got a loving husband, um, lovely home, lovely, you know, and she loves her children. Sometimes we have to drop the perfect, the idea of a perfect life. And in doing so, we can embrace the life that we've got and the love that we've got. You know, we're all finding our way through each day. And in a way, when things happen to us like this, these key things, especially with our children, then it's almost like something just goes, is taken from us. The choices that we thought were absolute have gone. And it's like you have to find your own way. And what I would suggest to you all is if you're on this journey is connect with Rachel. To link with someone who's been working on the path for a period of time would be so useful and supportive because, you know, when these things happen, we feel like we're totally and utterly on our own and we're not. This conclusion on and this thought regarding Rachel is to always reach out, ask for help. It's one of the most empowering things we can do is admit that we need help, that when something big comes our way, we're not going to be dealing with it on our own. She's shown her truth and I've got an awful lot of respect for that. So this little bit is just to remind you to ask for help. Reach out. And so that's what I wanted to share with you. So thank you for listening. And I just wanted to share work with you. Many blessings. I'm bringing you a very lovely lady, Zinaida Gagina. She originates from Russia and she's travelled to many places. And she's going to share with you her personal journey. She's going to inspire you on the path of the adaptive and flowing mind. She's going to give you a different perspective, you know, give you a fresh perspective. Uh, after this little break, we will be going into her interview. Tune in and be inspired by this lady she's a, a reiki practitioner she's a she's explored many modalities and she brings them all in a very unique way stay with us come back after this short break i will bring a remarkable lady Enjoy non-stop music from original female artists only on Sophia Style Radio. Find out more on all the W's, sophiaandi.co.uk. Search under our playlists and artists. 
speaking Listen to the words of your heart's desire Listen to the words that your body's speaking Listen to the words of your heart's desire Heed to the voice and open up your mind Flow to the movement, dance and realign Listen to the words, listen to the words, listen to the words Listen to the words that your body is speaking Listen to the words of your heart's desire Listen to the words that your body is speaking Listen to the words of your heart's desire Heed to the voice and open up your mind Flow to the movement, dance and realign Listen to the words, listen to the Right, and welcome back, listeners, and thank you very much for tuning in. And on this Wise Woman Show, we've got a very special lady. Zaneda, please introduce yourself to the listeners. Hello, everybody. I am Zinaida. I am a holistic therapist, Usui Reiki master teacher, and a relaxologist, not to be confused with reflexologist. It is a relaxologist, and that's me. That is fantastic. There's one thing, first of all, that I am going to put out because I know this lady on Facebook. And the other day she put a picture. She was in a swimming costume in the snow. (laughs) How do you do it? (laughs) Well, uh, (laughs) it it is called adapt to the situation. That's what it was. Um, About a year and a half ago, I started wild swimming. And uh, usually me and my friend go uh, to Abedau, which is here in Scotland, to the sea. And uh, last winter time, we went all through the winter time, but so and we had awfully lots of snow here in the heart of Scotland. And I thought, right, okay, I just have to use the opportunity. It's like, it's the thing of choices, isn't it? It's either sitting and saying, oh, I can't go there. I can't do this. I can't do that. Or I can do it slightly different. So that was me out in the back garden running in the snow and then rolling in the snow yes and just invigorating absolutely fantastic well i'm gonna be honest i do do wild swimming but i do it in the summer so and i've been doing an ordinary shower and i have like a couple of seconds of cold afterwards so i can't imagine doing the snow bit but all power to you and it's really interesting that you said about adapting to the situation because the whole thing about your interview is i wanted to share like this adaptive mindset that you've got and when I started chatting with you it was it's almost like the film from Russia with Love came up because you're from a Russia as we were talking you moved to Abu Dhabi you were telling me and then now you're in Scotland so yes. it's almost like your life is this whole thing of adapting to situations cultures seeing a way through so I'd like you to start with, you shared with me your journey in Abu Dhabi and what happened to you regarding your pregnancy. Would you mind sharing with the listeners what happened there? Yes, that, well, yes, uh-huh. you, you, you're quite correct that yes, I was born in Russia and um, I moved to Abu Dhabi because my then husband-to-be got a contract there. Uh, 2012, we came to Scotland to get married, and uh, 2013, our twins made a 
grand appearance 11 weeks earlier, their due date. So they came very early. You can imagine they came uh, low weight. And uh, we lived in Abu Dhabi, but I was taken to another town for emergency C-section because that's where the hospital was that confirmed to intensive care units for them. And it was 150 kilometers, about 150 kilometers away from Abu Dhabi. So twice or three times a week, we had to make this journey. So of 300 kilometers to deliver milk, to visit them, to stay with them a little bit and to come back home. And uh, by the time we got back, it was after one o'clock in the morning sometimes. This particular situation kind of like led me to my holistic path, I would say, because we had a very difficult well, first year, I would say, twins really never slept or when they did sleep, they slept one after another. That means I never got any sleep. So I was very tired. I was exhausted and I kind of like started feeling very low. That's when life, you know, when when you are at the most difficult situation and you ask for help, the help comes. If we ask, if we don't see it as weakness, so, and I asked, and a wonderful lady, wonderful Irish lady, um, she was a Reiki master teacher and I found her and um, I got some Reiki treatments with her. And she was very clairvoyant and uh, she was absolutely amazing. Her energy just shone. And every time I was sitting in front of her, I just, I could see this absolutely amazing golden glow around her head. So she was absolutely amazing. And she made me, a look at the situation from a slightly different angle. And that's when my life took a turn. What resonated me with you was also, as you were sharing, it's like the way the light, the journey opened up for you, because you also shared that for a certain period of time, you go back to Russia, you went back to Russia. And then when you went there, you actually trained. And what were you training in when you went over there? Before our very first trip to Russia, I was browsing something on the internet, I can't now really remember, when just the tab opened up in front of me and I started reading all the information and the information was about deep relaxation, it was about all the techniques, acupressure and um, touch and stroke and how different types of touch, how different types of stroke affect our nervous system and affect our body. It resonated with me because it it threw me back into when twins were born and they were in intensive care and we had to when we went to visit him I remember the nurse she said that with premature babies their skin is very thin and very sensitive mm -hmm. don't be afraid to touch them and if you touch them with a light touch, it is actually very irritating for the nervous system. Yeah. So that's when it was very helpful when the nurse said, don't apply a very light touch. So that's, uh, and when I started reading all the information and again, it, it was saying that a very light touch can irritate our nervous system mm -hmm. while a firmer touch comes it's down. And I started reading all that and it just, it made so much sense for me so, and then I found out it was a school, those days it was a school of relaxation in Russia, in Moscow. So I got in touch with them and uh, over the period of three or four years, every summertime when I would go to Russia with twins, I would take one or two modules 
of the course, I got a qualification from the Institute of uh, Alternative Health, yes, in deep healing relaxation. Not only it is a lovely treatment, you have to be present with the person. And we had lots and lots of exercises when you can relax the person by just being purely and unconditionally present, sitting next to the person. Sometimes people can be in the same room, but they are world apart. Sometimes people can talk to each other, but they're not hearing each other. They're listening to each other, but they're not hearing each other. And that is the essence of communication between people. Yeah, it's really profound. And what you're talking about as well, it's it's like the relationship with self and relationship with others. It's like so much has been taken from us, but also in that the exterior things being taken, it's the opportunity to do what you've just talked about. Just pure connection with self, with someone else. It's like the ultimate medicine, really. To get this healing. And the healing comes from within. Uh, but people are not in the same boat. We're kind of like we're in the same circumstances. But our our vessels are all different. And rather than putting a brave face saying, oh, that's fine. I'm managing. It's, it's just a piece of cake. It's not that easy. And, and it's not easy to admit. Once you admit and once you say, yes, it is difficult. Yes, it is very stressful. It is a big step admitting because once you admit, you say, right, okay, I need five minutes, I need half an hour on my own. You speak so much truth, so much, there's so much wisdom coming through. Um, we've all been put in a situation and an environment where we feel vulnerable. And for someone, you know, so many people, we armor ourselves up then to be surrounded by this vulnerability because there's so much uncertainty people are afraid because to go to that place means you have to be that man that was on that bed with you you need to feel you need to cry you need to release you need to open up before you do it fear comes in because it feels like the unknown and yet it's our birthright because that's how we we came into the world screaming you know when we gave birth we would be crying yeah. so we knew what it was to express that's very good. Uh, that's a very good idea you expressed, Sally. You said you have to be honest with yourself. As soon as you are honest with yourself, and as soon as we are honest with yourself, and you raise your hand and say, I'm struggling, I'm stressed, I need somebody to talk to, the universe opens up all these opportunities in front of us. Because we're allowing the energy to flow. And when you go on the journey, like you, you the door opened with the Reiki with your children. You know what happened with your children, the Reiki, and then it went on from there. But it's that reality that everything is energy, and we can either fight it because when we're fighting ourselves, we're stopping and we're blocking something so beautiful. When we open up, we allow vulnerability. We're then connecting to everything, so we're connecting to the wholeness of ourselves, but also we're connecting to the wholeness of what is actually out there that is for us that is working with us you share so beautifully you have been in a number of countries has the resistance been the same in because I always like we have been fed that the British are reserved you know so it's almost like we're working with that culture is it the same in all countries everybody is different every culture is different 
And I have to admit, when we relocated to Scotland, I did struggle. When you're open, when you are friendly, the, the situation opens up and the world open up. Here in Scotland, I didn't struggle a little because I did find people a little bit within themselves, a little bit kind of like closed. Sometimes I took it very personally thinking, oh, maybe it's me, or maybe because I'm this, that, 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 that. But once you release all these fears and once you say, look, that's me, you sometimes you don't have to meet people in real life to get connected. I absolutely love everything that you've shared. Um, the way you explained where you came from and the openness of the culture that you were brought up with I wonder if that maybe has helped you in your adapting to because that was your base you know so you've adapted to everything that's come your way the way life has um, embraced you as you have opened up it was there waiting for you it just kept on opening and opening and opening I want to say a massive thank you for you coming on and sharing your journey if there's someone that resonates and someone wants to connect with you, how do they connect with you? My page, my business page, Zilda Holistic Therapist, is on Facebook. I have Instagram account, Zilda Holistic Therapist, as well. Very welcome. I'm absolutely happy to connect with people. And um, if I can be of any help, I'm here. That's fantastic. You've shared some really profound wisdom. It just all came through. So thank you so much. And listeners, there will be a little short break and then I'll be coming back drinking the wisdom that has just been shared here. It's um it's an absolute honor having you and thank you so much for giving me Thank you very much. Thank you. I am your host, Sally Ann Saint and I am dedicated to reminding women of their sacred selves. To get in touch with me, go to www.wisewomanguide.co.uk.
Dear listeners, my final thoughts on this week's guests, Rachel Barnes, Zunaida Gagina, how much they've given of themselves to this show, how much they've shared of their lives, the wisdom, yes, the pain, the honesty, the integrity. Rachel has been put on a really sacred journey because of the family and the circumstances that she's experienced, her own personal experience, as well as what's happened to her children. And yet it's put her on a remarkable path where she's inspiring and supporting many by being authentically her, the remarkable mum that she is, the remarkable therapist, the, the lady that speaks for many in learning to speak for her son. She is really speaking for a whole community that I didn't know existed. I didn't know that this medical condition, this, the way the autism panned out for her and her son, there's so many other children like this, so many other families have been plummeted into this world. And so she speaks for all of them when she speaks for her son, Adam. And then Zanida from Russia, traveled to Abu Dhabi, lives in Scotland has gone in her swimming costume in the snow and run round and she gave profound wisdom this power and presence of now the humbling energy that when you actually allow the no and let the now and let go of everything that actually isn't you to be in the presence of yourself with no armor no mask no hiding to just allow yourself to feel and that genuine vulnerability to open up to that vulnerability means you open up to life she's shown that the roots that she had has meant that she always sees a possibility somehow that the flow is there that she sees what's available and when she got dealt the blows with her premature babies she found a way or maybe the way was always there and because she was open to it it was it's like the opening of a door instead of it being under lock and key 
were extremely close. The door was there. It just needed to be, the handle needed to be touched and she just needed to open it. And that's the difference with the, that adaptive mindset, that openness is so a, a door that's easily accessible. And yet she's showing that this can be our path too. So this week, I want you to open up to the life that you have right now. Rachel and Zanida have shown us something, both of them. So just consider walking with vulnerability. So as it doesn't seem like something so impossible and ridiculous that you can't do it. Just allow vulnerability, that word vulnerability, this week, just walk with it. How do you feel about asking for help? Just hold space for these questions. Allow a softening on both these things, vulnerability and asking for help. So I'm going to say goodbye to you all and thank you so much for listening. This show means something. It's holding space for something very, very precious. It's holding space for you. You are precious. So until next week, when Wise Woman Guide will be back again. Many blessings, one and all. I am your host, Sally Ann Saint, and I am dedicated to reminding women of their sacred selves. To get in touch with me, go to www.wisewomanguide.co.uk. Thanks for listening. We hope you enjoyed the show. 